listeners, welcome to the St. Andrew's CMR podcast. This podcast is in collaboration with students and staff at the University of St. Andrews. At the Center for Minorities Research, we explore the complexities, challenges, and opportunities, continuities and discontinuities, unity and rupture of the everyday lives of minorities in Scotland and beyond. Hello, everybody. Welcome to this podcast. I'm Federica Consiglio, and I'm a first-year student studying comparative literature and German at the University of St. Andrews. Today, I would like to talk about gender expression in language. Quite an important topic, isn't it? The fact is, as an Italian native speaker, learning English and now German at uni, it soon became clear to me how gender has a pivotal role in our everyday language. In English, it is probably less obvious. Articles, nouns and adjectives are not presented as gendered. They usually don't change if they refer to either male or female identifying people. The lack of necessity to categorize language in a binary gender system has surely proved useful for people identifying with all genders, additionally to the fact that English offers they, them as non-binary pronouns, which allows to express someone's identity outside of the categorizations of masculine or feminine identity. However, this is not the case for many European languages, such as Italian and German, which we will analyze today. So how do we address the need to express ourselves outside of gender binarism in these languages? How can we increase gender sensibility in a binary grammatical system? I hope today's discussion will prove useful to answer these questions in the future by providing some insight on how languages are evolving at the moment towards greater gender awareness. First, I would like to start with my mother tongue. The Italian language differs from English, as we have previously mentioned, because its grammar requires nouns, articles and adjectives to be declined as either feminine or masculine. However, talking about gender sensibility in Italian requires a further analysis on the societal implications of its grammar. In fact, it must be said that gender declension is quite problematic in itself, as it presents sexist undertones, especially in the feminine form. This issue has been recognized for a while now. In 1986, the essayist and linguist Alma Sabatini wrote an essay titled Sexism in the Italian Language. This essay was produced because the Italian National Commission for Equality and Equal Opportunities Between Women and Men asked Sabatini to write guidelines for schools in order to eliminate gender implications and stereotypes in our language. I would like to quote a powerful line from her brilliant book. There is no doubt about the importance of language in the social construction of reality. Many of the societal rules essential to our survival are assimilated through language, and its filters teach us how to see the word, others, and ourselves. Alma Sabatini wrote this book over 30 years ago, and yet it is still considered somewhat revolutionary. In fact, Italian remains, to this day, a heavily gendered language, and to a great extent, also a sexist one. This was made evident very recently, during the music festival of San Remo, as the female director of the orchestra specifically required to be addressed 
with the male declension of her job name, direttore, and not with her female one, direttrice, despite fully identifying as a woman. This choice is symptomatic of the issue of sexism. In fact, there is still an implicit sense of ridicule in the female declension of professions, especially in those jobs previously accessible to men only. This disparity was highlighted in the Davide Donatello's 2008 speech by Paola Cortellesi, one of the most prominent Italian actresses who talked about sexism in Italian culture and language. I would like to include a passage of this speech where she compares several nouns by highlighting how degrading they become in meaning once they are expressed in the feminine form. Quoting from her speech, it is impressive to see how in our language some terms that have the legitimate meaning to the masculine, if expressed as feminine, suddenly take on another meaning and change radically. They express a clear prejudice against women, depicting them as prostitutes. Here are some examples. Un cortigiano, a man who lives at the court. Una cortigiana, a prostitute. Un massaggiatore, a therapist. Una massaggiatrice, a prostitute. Un uomo di strada, a man of the people. Una donna di strada, a prostitute. This provocative speech was supposed to highlight how the Italian language reiterates, to this day, an awful amount of prejudice and sexism, and how it is important to change our expressions in order to mirror a true change, both in our culture and individual mentality. Additionally, this analysis is telling of how our own language does not recognize a genuine equality between men and women. Having said that, it is unfortunately not surprising that expressing being non-binary in Italian is almost impossible, as Italian politics still show great conservatism in terms of gender expression. However, in the last years, people have tried to look for alternatives to contrast the grammatical binarism that characterizes the Italian language. One of the most popular examples is the schwa ending, which could prove to be a true change in written Italian. The schwa is a graphic symbol, which is usually represented in phonetics by two dots or by a reversed E. The symbol has been recently used to substitute the gender ending of words, both nouns and adjectives, in their singular and plural form, therefore including people of all genders. However, this method cannot be applied in spoken Italian. It is not universally recognized by linguists, and it is hardly used in official communications. When increasingly used in other contexts, such as in social media, it is also not considered valid in written Italian. Therefore, there is still a long way to go before Italian can start evolving towards greater inclusivity. Very similarly to Italian, the German language is heavily dependent on gender declension, which distinguishes nouns as masculine, feminine and neuter. For the plural, both in Italian and in German, if we have to describe a group of people of mixed genders, the masculine always prevails. For instance, if we see a multitude of teachers, the plural in German would be die Lehrer, which would be a masculine plural. Despite this grammatical bias, German has found multiple ways of fostering gender sensitivity. I would like to thank my former German tutor, Nathalie Stummer, for helping me in analyzing the different language solutions which I have included in this episode. Taking the plural die Lehrer as an example again, the first solution to fight against masculine generalization was to use Lehrerinnen instead, 
with a capital I between the stem and the ending, in order to express both masculine and feminine. However, as Natalie observes, post-feminist groups criticize that form, arguing that it still excludes those who can't identify with the binary gender system. Consequently, more inclusive forms of expression have been encouraged, such as placing an asterisk between the words stem and the feminine ending. There are other alternatives, such as placing an iPhone or Connons instead of the asterisk, which, as Natalie argues, are also fully accessible for language processing programs for people who are blind. These written forms are not intended to be used for trans or non-binary people only. Instead, they are meant to be used by all people identifying in a wide spectrum of gender, therefore fostering gender sensitivity. This is also the case in spoken German, when instead of using the masculine plural to indicate a heterogeneous group of people of all genders, the participant Eins offers a solution to avoid gender connotations. For instance, to express the noun voters, one should look at the conjugation of the verb wählen and its participant Eins, which is, which is wählend. Consequently, die wählenden becomes a collective term which does not depend on the masculine or feminine declension. However, it can only be used in the plural form. This linguistic evolution shows that Germany is culturally ready and eager to advance for greater inclusivity. However, there is still some cultural resistance. This was shown in a protest letter titled An End to Gender Nonsense, which was published in 2019 by the Dortmund-based German Language Association and signed by, amongst others, the philosopher Rudiger Safransky and the former head of the country's domestic intelligence, Hans-Georg Mason, as The Guardian argues. The letter goes against the change that many authorities and academic institutions in Germany have undertaken to include gender neutrality and sensibility in everyday language. They claim that grammatical gender is almost randomly attributed to objects and animals alike, and therefore does not showcase sexism. However, it must be said that gendering a noun, while probably reinforcing stereotypes indirectly, does not have the severe implications that we can see in nouns referring to people. Gender is a pivotal part of someone's identity, and it must include all genders in order to validate said individuality. A second statement was seeking to prove how the wide use of masculine plural to define a heterogeneous group of people and the predominant presentation of job professions in the masculine form does not have a true impact on the cultural bringing of German citizens, as women are not discouraged to apply for those jobs just because they are presented in the masculine form, which is a debatable claim. Coming back to Italy, there has been a recent debate among senators about the presence of women in male-dominated study areas. In fact, the Bari University has offered to reduce the cost of some courses, such as engineering, to female applicants, in order to contrast the idea that women do not belong to traditionally masculine areas, both in work and academia. To that, the senator Pilon, a right-wing politician, replied that it is natural for women to be inclined towards nurturing roles as it is for men to choose conventionally masculine career, career paths. While this statement was heavily criticised by the public opinion, it is telling that a man in a clear position of power believes that it is right to assume that gender stereotypes should be maintained, and it demonstrates that gender bias still persists in our society. Let's go back to Germany now. The linguistic debate that we have illustrated shows how there isn't unity amongst the cultural institutions as to what is the appropriate approach to these linguistic transformations. It must also be noted, as Nathalie stresses, 
that there are also more non-linguists in the row of those who oppose gender-sensitive language than in the rows of those who favour it. All in all, it is clear that the German language is evolving as a response to greater awareness amongst linguists and a necessity to respond to the issue of identity expression in a binary grammatical system can be detected. What I wanted to convey through this compared analysis is not a solution of an issue, which we will probably interrogate ourselves on for many years. It would be quite pretentious of me to propose one. However, I think it is important to stress that it is a necessity to move towards greater inclusivity and gender sensibility. It is indeed true that younger generations are becoming increasingly aware that language is the expression of our culture, and as such, it needs to offer appropriate means of expression for all people identifying the wide spectrum that gender is. It is important to keep thinking about alternative solutions for all languages, not just in academia, but also in informal situations, in order to truly encourage a cultural revolution. Social media has proved to be useful in changing linguistic habits and educate on biases that can be reinforced through language. Most of the non-binary solutions that we have listed above are being spread and predominantly used on social media platforms. What I think is fundamental to stress when we talk about expressing gender in binary grammatical systems is that language evolves with those who speak it. It does not stay the same through centuries, nor it is natural for it not to change. Therefore, we all have a part in changing such habits. And this is why it is important for us to play an active role in the discussion. I hope this podcast has provided you with interesting information to think about. And thank you for listening to this episode. Thank you for listening to another episode of the CMR podcast. For more information, visit the St. Andrews CMR website, Facebook or Twitter. See you next time. Bye.